Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Insider. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by Ben Brown from Idrit. Hello, Ben. Hi. Thanks for having me, Ben. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, very lucky to have Ben. Um, very busy guy. Thank you for giving up your time. Um, I couldn't do you justice with, a, with an intro, to be honest with you. Would you mind giving the, a bit of an overview to everybody listening? Certainly. So uh, I currently head up the engineering teams for Europe uh, at Intuit, working on our QuickBooks online accountancy platform. Um, so I look after our engineering teams who work on our UK and France products, delivering kind of local uh, local functionality for those particular products. How many people, um, is, is this just London, is it, or is it Europe as well in terms of the location of your team? Yeah, so I've got a team of about 25 to 30 in uh, the UK and then kind of 10 people in France um, who look after our French products. So, yeah, quite a, a little bit of a geographically dispersed team, but not really made too much difference during the last six months. That's, about the, well, that's what I was getting at, to be honest with you. It's interesting. The couple of, um, you know, com- different countries who have been affected by COVID at different times and then, you know, lockdowns and what have you. It's, I guess, obviously, everybody in France has been working remotely. Did they go remote before you guys initially or...? Um, so it's been, um, I guess, Intuit's got offices in pretty much, uh, you know, all the big countries. So we've got a lot of offices in the US, obviously, India, and then uh, Australia, Brazil, uh, and then in Europe, in France and the UK. So uh, I think France probably went uh, went into a lockdown probably a couple of weeks before us. Um, but Intuit took quite a, a kind of cautious approach at the start. And we really started working from home before governments were saying, you have to work from yeah. home before the, the kind of lockdown started. So um we we probably went in you know two or three weeks before that and kind of started early um but the good news was uh we had pretty much had all the technology in place already to to kind of work remotely it was just kind of learning to uh learning to adjust to the different conditions no fantastic and um and as a, a customer of Intrip myself someone who's, who uses quickbooks it's great to have you on um i know a couple of the engineering managers in the team as well really good guys um and i know that you've got a you, you're fantastic setup down there so it's all good um i guess at the moment where i've been speaking to um technical leaders and ctos um focusing around the, the current pains and it's interesting the size of your team and obviously geographically based as well in different countries one thing that i wanted to start off with you is, is talking about innovation and, and how you've kind of worked um kept the collaboration within your teams um i guess now that we, we are obviously you know i guess nine months into this have you managed to, to keep the innovation and collaboration going? And, and, and how have you done that? Yeah, so I think it's definitely been a uh, it's definitely been a learning opportunity for us throughout the throughout the pandemic. And I think in the early days, um, I think we you know we pretty much pivoted immediately into a I guess an exactly the same as working in the office, but working from home. And 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 slowly but surely, we learned things that worked, things that didn't work quite so well. Um, and actually, you know, what we've really started to learn as we've gone further into the uh, into the lockdowns is that um, most of my engineers love kind of working remotely. I think uh, it, it's really interesting that I think the open plan offices have not really been that kind of nice an environment for most engineers. Most engineers do love to, you know, they'll have the headphones on, they're trying to be concentrating and that open plan has not not really worked for them. So I think this has really given them an opportunity to kind of take that back a little bit. I think what probably did start to impact us in the first kind of first few months was um, this, this the opportunity was there to need more kind of meetings because you weren't just bumping into people in the corridor. You weren't just mm. having those conversations next to your desk. And I think Co- that, coffee machines are the ones I always hear about when exactly. those conversations around the coffee machines. <laughs> Sorry yeah, to interrupt. That's the one. No, you're <laughs> right. And it's, it's, 
it's certainly, yeah, we certainly miss those sorts of conversations. I think the teams themselves, you know, each in, each one of my individual kind of uh, scrum teams that works on a certain area have dealt with it in very different ways. So a lot of them are still doing um, kind of some pair programming, generally over over something like, uh, you know, over Zoom. Um, I think some of them have found that to be uh, far too kind of tiring to do as much as they were doing previously. So they've cut down a little bit on that. Mm-hmm. Um We've actually done a few uh, experiments in the last couple of months, which we started off calling kind of a no no meetings experiment um, with the aim of this idea of, hey, work out which meetings are the ones that are actually delivering value and which ones you're actually going to get some benefit from. Um, I think we had kind of uh, good kind of uh, results that came from that. So we, we did it for a week initially and we, you know, we learned that the idea was to kind of see whether people felt like they're if you like their work was more within their control and definitely over 50% of people said, Hey, look, I feel more in control of what I do than I did, did before. And most people were reporting, uh, I think about 50% were reporting feeling more productive and kind of 5% less productive. So generally it was a, a generally a pretty good, uh, pretty good result all around. What we have learned though, is there's probably certain teams and certainly in my, so we work with a triad in, in, uh, uh, in Intuit, we call the triad, which is a PM, our XD, our experience design, and then our, our, our PD, which is our product product design or, or engineering. And um, we've learned that certainly for our XD and PM teams, meetings are much more important for them. And I think they're probably uh, learning to adjust, taking longer to learn to adjust for them mm-hmm. uh, and to work in different ways. And they're not, they're finding it harder to deal with the lack of kind of face-to-face, whereas the engineers are actually finding it pretty okay. Um, some of our teams have even spent more time after this no meetings experiment finished learning to do refinements kind of on their own, learning Excellent. to kind of take away yeah. those meetings and kind of make it a lot more, uh, you know, a lot less meetings than they used to have previously. So I think generally, you know, generally been some good learnings there from the team. I think, you know, to come back to your original question, I, I think, you know, there's always something missing from that, that kind of um, face-to-face communication and face-to-face interaction. Um, I think we, uh, you know, I still, I still haven't found, a, I think, what I'd consider to be a good answer to the kind of more social interaction, the offhand stuff, those sorts of things. I think you can manufacture some of it by putting up the right sessions, using the right tools, online whiteboarding, those sorts of things. But I think, you know, to, to kind of create that same environment is pretty tough. And, uh, you know, I'm sure at some stage we might talk a little bit about what, you know, what's next and, and kind of what does return to work mean. But... Even if return to work does mean some remoteness, I think it's still going to want you know some some element of time in the office to make sure we can kind of recreate some of that magic that's been lost. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that that's the that's something I hear a lot of. You know, um, in terms of I've, I've joked about this before, but post-it sales must have gone down through lockdown because you know no one's been able to kind of get in. You know what's the word kind of um interactive with everybody else um and, and get it and get excited about you know developing new things well that's like i say they have but it's it doesn't work as well when it's when it's remote is it i love the no meetings but i think that's really cool i think um something i speak to more of my, it's more um my i guess my engineers who work for me uh, in terms of contractors 
they've struggled a little well, because I probably speak to them more than I do with permies, just because I guess that obviously, you know, permie guys after a period of time that I won't have as much interaction with them, but my contractors, the frustrating thing that they're finding is meetings. You know, I think that they are being pulled into a lot of meetings that they don't need to be in and then their days are getting longer. Um, so that's a really, you know, I think that's something that people can listen and learn from. I think that's, a, you know, something really positive. Um, in terms of other, other, um, issues that I guess people have been finding have you um how have you found um, kind of hiring interviewing and onboarding um through the process have you have you found that there's been more or less opportunities for for candidates or yeah so I think we've done a, a few different types of hiring during the during this uh during this kind of like six to last six to nine months the, the first stage was we, we actually ran a um an internship program still this summer which was I know something that a lot of companies decided to kind of put on hold or not do but we decided to keep going with it and um we decided to keep going on the basis that we'd make it a total virtual internship. So, um, you know, even at that stage, we didn't know whether it was going to be possible to kind of uh, come into the office and do things. Um, but we also understood that a number of our interns were traveling from uh, this, you know, one of our particular interns was Bristol based. And so was, was she going to kind of make the move into London, find a flat, do all that sort of stuff, even with the kind of COVID and the, the kind of pandemic out there. Mm-hmm. So we decided to go virtual quite early. Um, and actually we got a really positive response from the two interns that we took into the uh, into the team um, I think they um, you know they onboarding was has been pretty seamless I'd say you know Intuit's got a pretty good onboarding process anyway and so everything was very well set up for you getting uh, all of your hardware and everything all of your kind of logins and everything set up on that first morning that's just been translated into a um, into a virtual world and your laptop arrives over the weekend you know you're ready to go on that kind of Monday morning. So I don't think we've really had any problems there. Um, I think where clearly it's slightly more difficult is the making uh, making those relationships and kind of meeting people during the first during the first few weeks. Um, and so I've you know personally just taken the time out, especially with things like the internships, to just actually have a one to one with each person. And you know really that's just to get to know you conversation. It really is an intro, um, and it, you know it doesn't really cover much from a work perspective. It's more just hey. Tell me a little bit about yourself, and let's let's understand a bit about you, because um, that that is probably the bit that you would get from those coffee machine conversations or the chat in the lift or you know bumping yeah. somebody in the street. Yeah. Um, so I just tried to kind of make those a little bit more deliberate, and you know the work conversations then flow after that in the in the kind of weeks to come. We've also been looking at um, you know so we've done a little bit of um, kind of perm hiring. Um, and in general, things have been um, not too different, I would say. Um, I think there certainly are, you know, I would certainly say there's people who are nervous about making a move at this time, but I'd also say there's still a lot of people who are saying, hey, look, it's it's perfectly fine. We'll, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to consider this. Um, and, you know, we've made a couple of hires um, who actually I don't think have onboarded yet, so we've yet to go through the onboarding of those, but are you know, have, have gone through a totally remote interview process. Um, and I think, of, you know, come out the other side of that, thinking that the process wasn't, uh, you know, it allowed them to get all the same level of, I guess, comfort and confidence that they're going to join the right, the right yeah. team and the right set of people, which is, you know, a lot of what the interview process is around from a candidate perspective. They need to think that they're, you know, they're joining the right company, they're joining the right team. Yeah, that, that, that's it. From my perspective, I think that it's, it's, it, importance of brand has never been more important as daft as that sounds because i think that 
startup businesses in general, I find over the last couple of years, especially with fintechs and what have you, candidates always interested in, in working because um, it's maybe leaner, the technology, maybe a bit more exciting. Maybe they can be, you know, have some um, stocks in the business, what have you. But I think that what I've found is that that people are far more reluctant. There's there's actually been a lot of startups, a lot of um, opportunities <clears throat> within that area. But I find that that's where there's been less movement. I think there's, you know, people have kind of thought that that might still be the ideal area to move into, but but not right now. I think um, the, the brands of, of, of good names like yourselves, um, who have got, who are well known to have a good product and good technology and good people. Um, and I think that interviews have probably, probably gone up because I think people have got much to lose sitting at home. If they're interested in looking at other opportunities, it's not like they have to take half a morning off work and, and, and commute it's you know you can literally take an hour out and, and do a zoom interview so i think the interviews have gone up and i think that when it's when they're speaking to the right people the right brand people are moving on but it's definitely had a bit of a knock-on effect and i think there hasn't been as many opportunities and it's been very hit to me most companies have got you know who've had um, plans to grow maybe haven't hit the numbers over this year obviously and but at the same time it's it comes back to projects and normally projects within technology from my perspective don't get cancelled they just seem to get delayed so i think there's going to be a bit of a you know an upsurge in the new year definitely when we start to to move back to the office and that's something i wanted to to pick up with with you ben um when we spoke initially a couple of weeks ago i was obviously explaining a lot about um the podcast and, and why i set it up and what we cover um in terms of the pains for other for other technical leaders, one of them was obviously for yourself. Um, and I was talking about what what what's your next challenge, so to speak. And I think the next challenge was going to be kind of a get back to work strategy. And since then, we've actually found vaccines. So hurrah! We, it, it's yep. now a little bit more kind of real, isn't it? How how far down the line are you? And and, and what kind of what what um what bits are you kind of putting into that plan? Yes, I think um, throughout this process, Intuit's it's taken a very uh, I think a very measured approach to any kind of future looking and we what we've tried to basically do is uh, not rush into any decisions but really think them through and make sure we're kind of taking everything into account when we when we do those decisions and so that's probably meant you know we've made we've made some decisions slightly slower than um, you know you'll hear the headlines of the googles and the amazons and the, the other large organizations talking about hey we're not going back to work until a certain point mm, in time i've had that yeah um, and we've you know we've we have declared now that we're you know we're not expecting anybody back in the office before the first of july um, but okay. we probably did that, you know, a few months after a lot of those other big organizations did it. But we were, you know, we wanted to make sure that was the right decision. Um, and I think we've, you know, where, where we did start to set up before we kind of hit this second wave was a, uh, a three-phase plan, essentially, where the first phase was kind of 10% of people. And really, that was testing the office. It was making sure we could get all the right processes in place. Um, and really, that was, I guess, most appropriate for people who were we were just really struggling with the working from home environment. They'd either got, you know, situations that meant they just could, really couldn't work from home or they just weren't really enjoying it and wanted to kind of go back and try something different. And it's fair to say that the office in that environment wasn't really the office. It was basically working from home, but from the office. So there were no meeting rooms. You had to kind of sit in a designated desk, but at least you got a bit of human contact and yeah. a different... A, different a, bit of a, a bit of normality from a commute and things like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we did, you know, we did see... Um, a relatively small amount of people who went back into that when we opened our office in September. Um, but then that quickly kind of hit a position where the cases got worse and, and we never got to phase two, which was going to be kind of ramping that up to another level. So, you know, when we do get to that point where it's time to start thinking about coming back, we'll go through that same three phase process again. And 
Um, really, it's, it's it's kind of, you know, as a, as a tech company, um, you know, we do through our products, we do a lot of testing and learning and experimenting. And actually, that's the way the whole organization works. So we'll test the first 10%. We'll see how it works. We'll see what problems crop up. And then we'll start to kind of roll that out to more, uh, more people as we go forwards. We've not really made a, I guess, a full commitment in terms of, hey, is this a, you know, are we a fully remote company? Are we a company that's going to work hybrid? That's something that the company is really still working its way through and uh, kind of thinking about carefully. Um, and, and, you know, as, I, as I've looked at this more, um, I've kind of realized why that's the case. And I, I think, you know, it's very easy for people to say, hey, look, um, you know, we should just make a decision. But I think it's, it's it really is quite tricky because there's so many things at play here. Um, you know, the obvious one that often comes out of this is like, well, how much should I pay somebody who's remote? Should I pay them the same as I'd pay somebody in the office or should I pay them a different amount of money? And that just creates a whole massive rabbit hole of challenges and problems and, you know, situations. And we already deal with this a little bit because clearly we have, uh, you know, somewhere in the region of 20, 25 offices of which there's probably 10 or 15 in the US. So we already have people working in different states, different locations. Um, so it's not new, but it, it does make it a lot more complicated. And as a you know, as a, as a as a business, we 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 work in tax. You know, our, our, one of our big products is in the US is TurboTax, um, and so it's really important to us to make sure that things like tax is is something that we 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 pay fairly and we do the right the right things from a tax perspective. So, uh, uh, you know, there are implications to people going and just working mm-hmm. in other countries or in the US in other states, uh, and we think it's quite important to make sure that the that, that that's sorted out before you kind of make this big declaration of ta-da, this is you know this is what we're going to do. Yeah, as um, I've had a couple of um, controversial posts, shall we say, on um, on LinkedIn, where I've said, um, uh, you know, talking about the pay grades and, and saying, because now it's remote and it's opened up a bigger kind of um, talent pool, shall we say. Um, I guess a couple of examples I've had guys who live in the north who maybe um, their day rate hasn't been um, is lower than it is in the south, but now that opens them up. So suddenly, if you're a manager in the south and you've got you can maybe get talent at a at a cheaper at a cheaper rate, which has suddenly had this knock on effect. So I think that it will balance itself out, you know. And I think, but I think there's it is something that people need to consider. People have all, engineers have wanted to work remotely for a long time now, but I think that where they need to take it into consideration how they're going to be coming um, if there's less travel, and they and the, the benefit is spending more time at home with your family, and you might be saving forty hours a week how much flexibility is there to be working for the right company on the right kind of projects. And I think that's what engineers have got to start thinking about as well over the you know over the next few months, moving into next year. Okay. Um, yeah, I think previous, I think what it's interesting as well in terms of how to work it best. I think there's companies who I've worked with some of the bigger names that you're kind of talking about who typically would have Fridays working from home in their technology team. I think that's that sounds pretty normal, but I think that moving forward, I think that there's going to be there'll be more remote work, but I think in terms of you know from from the collaboration, innovation, and project planning and retros, there's going to have to be concept days when when people are mixing that. And it's getting it's getting the balance, and I think that's it's going to take a lot of companies, especially bigger teams, quite a while. You can't just kind of click your fingers and say this is how we're working. It is going to be a trial and error, isn't it? And I don't think everyone's going to be happy. That's the other thing. It's hard, isn't it? The bigger your team, keeping everyone happy. Um, it is, but I, but I also say I wouldn't say that like. The, the office didn't make everybody happy. And I think it's probably easy to think that now we've got an opportunity to, to tweak things, we'll suddenly like get to a situation where everybody can be happy. And I don't, I don't, you know, I don't believe that will be the case. Um, but I do believe we can get to a situation where there's probably more people who are happier than they were because there was only one way of doing it previously. Mm. 
Mm. Uh, I certainly know from my point of view, um, I can I can certainly see a situation where I'm I'm working from home two or three days a week and doing some other stuff in the office and, and really focusing those days on being the the collaborative days and those being the days where the face to face is really really important. Mm. Um, you know, we've run a number of um, I, I sit on our uh, UK leadership team here and uh, we've run a number of kind of off sites or virtual off sites, I guess. Um, throughout the last few months. And, and what I would say is actually they've been really successful, actually very tiring because you, you need to kind of pay attention to Zoom throughout a day, but they've been really successful. Now, would I would I continue that after we went back to the office? No, definitely not. In a, in a, in a world without constraints, I think face-to-face offsites would certainly be better. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's lots of other things that have, really don't make much difference whether they're face-to-face or not. Um, I think what we have learned about virtual working is uh, the situation where there's 12 people sat in a room and one person on video conference and that you can't hear the person on video conferencing. They can't hear you. They can't interact. I think that's a world that's got to die because that's not a situation that, you know, as soon as everybody was remote, that democratized it, that made it so much easier. Mm. Um, so I can certainly see that being more used in future, but I'm not quite sure how, uh, you know, our company is going to have to mandate that to happen to make that happen, or actually, is it going to happen kind of naturally? Yeah, and I think that's one of my big things about the community that I'm setting up off the back of this. When you're, um, um, if you go to an event, that's the interaction that you get in between in between speeches and stuff like that. That's that's what I want to start creating because I think that it's so easy to jump online and do a Zoom with your with um, peers from other businesses and to kind of talk about strategy back to work, for example. But I think that, you know, this is something that we might not have kind of jumped online and had a round table previously. I think now when we realise how easy this is to set up and I'm speaking to technical leaders all the time, yep. I can ping together the same kind of issues that people are having, quit put a, put together like a round, a round table, so to speak, for an hour. And it's and it's something that people can kind of, you know, knock out really easily. And I think it can help. And I think previously those would only happen individually between speeches at conferences and events where you kind of, you know, get that kind of bit of information of each other. Um I don't want to take up any more of your, your time. Thank you very much. For anybody who's watching on YouTube, will be able to see your fantastic moustache. You've had a good uh, a good month with November, Ben. Thank you. Yes, uh, I'd love to say it's been an enjoyable month, but I'm certainly <laughs> looking forward to shaving it off tomorrow. I was about to say tomorrow morning, is it? Yeah, I, get, I think it's got to come off straight away. So uh, first of all, so I don't have to come on calls and uh, tell people that I'm doing November and I don't just have a strange uh, facial <laughs> hair. But uh, yeah, secondly, it does, it just needs to come off, I think. Fantastic. Imagine when I said to you at the beginning, like, oh, you did in November, you actually said, no, I've just actually just decided to grow myself a moustache and maybe looked a little bit silly, yeah, so a bit presumptuous fun. of me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thank you so, so much for your time. Um, look forward to catching up with you soon, um, hopefully in the new year, once we can all get back and hopefully it's not too far away. Thank you. Thanks again. Thanks for having me, Ben.